Yo, what up? I just wanted to talk about uh, a dream that my wife had the other night. I thought it was pretty fascinating. Um, so in this dream, she gets to a really busy train station and uh, a lot of people are, you know, moving all around and stuff. She's with a friend. And um, in the dream, they're like, welcome to the end, you know, implying like that this is the end of your life. And uh, it was interesting because they like there was like a system and it would, you know, it would type in your name or whatever. And if you made the cut, as she calls it, <laughs> if you were one who was going to heaven, you would get two little green check marks. So on the screen, uh, she sees two little check marks. She's excited. She figures, hey, I, I just made it into heaven. But um, there was another girl who like was brought up to the, the, the computer or whatever. And, you know, Haley said that this girl looked like she worshiped Satan. <laughs> I don't know how she knows that in the dream, but, you know, in dreams, you could sort of get a sense of something. So who knows? You know, maybe the girl is dressed really in, in dark Gothic clothing. Who knows? You know, and I'm not saying that's necessarily people who are worshiping Satan, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like she felt like this girl, uh, wasn't a believer, one who loved Jesus. And uh, this girl ended up getting the, the exes or whatever, and she didn't go. And, um, you know, another part in the dream, there's a spot where this book comes flying to Haley and it lands in her hands and, um, she finds her name, you know, written in it. And, um, there's a lot more to the dream, but in the, in that dream, when I, when I hear that the book came to her, it reminds me of this idea of the book of life. I mean, it's, it's, it's mentioned in, uh, revelation. <coughs> Excuse me. It's mentioned in revelation. It's mentioned in the gospel. Jesus spoke of it. It's actually even written in before Jesus was even born in the book of Daniel. I mean, it's in, Mo, it's in the Torah, but anyways, let me just, let me just read a couple of verses about this whole idea of the book of life. This is written in Daniel, right? Daniel 12, verse 1. Now at the time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people will arise, and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. Let me say that one more time. At that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. Hallelujah. So that's why, you know, with everything going on, there should be no fear for the believer. There should be no fear of what's coming on the earth, what's happening right now, the unraveling of civilization, it seems like, uh, rumors of war, things of that nature. I mean, I was in uh, Luke. I was in Luke today, you know, and it says right there in, in, in 21. Well, actually, I'll just start in, uh, yeah, 21, 9. You'll hear the wars, commotions. Do not be terrified for these things must come past first, but the end will not come immediately. And I've said this before, obviously. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be great earthquakes, various places, famines, pestilences. And there'll be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Then... 25th verse, there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and on the earth of distressed nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming with great power and glory. 
When these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Your redemption draws near. I had one of my buddies, he texted me the other day just randomly. He said, that boy finna rise one of these days. He was talking about Jesus. And I was like, my man, he already rose and he's still alive today. But if you mean he's coming back again, yes, indeed, you are right. Because the signs, they all point to that. Um, but I'm, I'm not on today's podcast to talk about that. I know I've talked about in that pa- in that past, but, um, no, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to hit on the book of life stuff. So anyways, there's a spot in the gospel where I think Jesus's disciples are trying to like, you know, cast out evil spirits out of people, heal people. And at one point, uh, the disciples, they do something miraculous and they're like really happy and excited. And, uh, Jesus says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Whoever it is listening to this right now, you might be a person who knows that your name is written in the book of life because you have Jesus. You've accepted him. You are attempting to walk with him. You're trying to cultivate that relationship. And hallelujah, praise the Lord that you have eternal life. Now, somebody who thinks, man, I don't, I don't know if my name's written in the book of life. I don't know if I'm destined for heaven. What's holding you back? What is holding you back? I mean, Jesus already paid the penalty for our sins. The cross has already happened. We're completely forgiven. The blood washes us clean. God loves us. So what is holding us back from knowing that our name is written in the book of life? The only thing that can be hindering us is our, is our own doubt then, that our, our doubt that we, we don't have Jesus in our life. And if we don't feel like we have Jesus in our life, well, welcome, into our, welcome him into our lives. Welcome him into your life every day. You know, I'm reading this book right now called Experiencing the Supernatural by Rabbi Schneider. And then, you know, it's he says like receiving Christ isn't like a one-time thing. And it should be almost every day for the believer. Every day you should be receiving him and receiving from him, you know, like going into his presence through the word, through prayer, through worship and, and receiving something that he wants to give you. A word of the day, a word of encouragement, just to lift your spirit, something. You know, uh, I don't know the exact story of Mary and Martha, but, you know, one of them sat at his feet and received while the other one was mad busy. And that's the thing about this world. It wants to make you so busy that you don't have time for God. And it's like, don't fall into that trap. Make sure you're setting aside that time for God to receive from him. Um, In that book that I'm reading, and this is something sort of cool that he wrote. He said, His love never changes. He is never going to love you any more or any less than he does right now. But as you obey him and as you seek him and as you draw near to him and as you begin to cultivate the knowledge of Yeshua in your heart, a.k.a. the knowledge of Jesus in your heart, then God releases to you the revelation of how much he loves you. He begins to draw near to you and he begins to make his presence with you felt. I know I've mentioned this many times before, but like that is the, that, that's, that's what it comes down to. We draw near to God and then he draws near to us. He's the ultimate gentleman. He doesn't force his way into our lives. We do not keep his commandments because we hope to earn salvation or become righteous or holy. We obey Jesus because we want to be one with him. We want to get closer to him. 
Obedience comes out of yearning for closeness and fellowship with our God. It is though Jesus is saying, if you love me so much that you obey me, then I'm going to draw near to you and release to you the revelation of how much I love you. I'm going to give you a revelation of who I am and the Father, and I will make our abode with you. The point I am trying to underscore here is the necessity not to rely only on the word, but on the other hand, the spirit as well. We need to rely on both the spirit and the word together. Without the spirit, we'll misunderstand the word just like the Pharisees. This is why understanding the marriage of the word and spirit is crucial to a supernatural mindset. And that was out of this book that I'm reading. And um, like I said, that's really what it comes down to is cultivating that closeness with him. Then you'll know your name is written in the book of life. You won't have to fear. Am I, am I going to heaven? Am I going to hell? I mean, you won't have to fear. You know, you won't have to wonder. You'll you'll know if you, you'll have that 100 percent or 100,000 percent faith. You'll know where you're going. Because like I said, it's not about our works. It's not about um, being a quote unquote good person. It's having faith in Christ, having true faith in Jesus, having a true relationship with Jesus, which in turn naturally will make you a better person. Um, let me read Revelation. Verse. Um, I'll go. I'm going to go 20 and I'm going to go for a while through 21 a little bit. It said. This is uh, Revelation 20, starting in the 12th verse, and I'm going to go all the way probably to 21.10. It says, And I saw the dead and small and great standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's a scary verse. Anyone not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 21, it says this. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the, earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my people. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Very scary if we are in that category of the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, because their eternal destiny is a lake of fire that is never quenched. That'll be a very scary place once people enter that because there will be no escaping it. 
but I'm not here to talk about that because I believe whoever is litten, or listening to this, you are your name is either written in the book of life because you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the, the, the sacrificial lamb who took the sins of the world on his back, all of our sins forgiven, or you are coming close to that point of finally embracing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Um, you know, Billy Graham said that um, heaven is my home. I'm just traveling through this world. And then he also said something like, when you hear that Billy Graham is dead, don't believe a word of it. I have, I have actually just ch changed my address and I will be in the presence of almighty God. That's the reality. This life on earth, it's, 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 it's short in reality. We might think it's a long time, whether we live to be 80 or hundred, but in the grand scheme of eternity, eternity, this life is a vapor and it will go by very fast. There's a, a quote in that book that says something like we call life a journey to death and we call death a gateway to life. And that's how I look at death. I look at death as basically the transfer. It's a gateway to our real life, our eternal life, the life that we were originally destined for before the fall of man where it was complete union with God. It was complete perfection. It was basically heaven on earth in the garden. Like that's, we're getting back to that place. Once we get into heaven, you just heard what, what happens when we're up there. It says he creates all things new. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. There's no more tears. There's no more death. There's no more disease and sickness. There's no more devil. There's no more flesh. It's, it's complete peace and joy and love and harmony. You get a new body. There's streets of gold. I mean, I asked my grandmother one time in an interview, it's on YouTube. If you want to listen to it, type in, you know, Jesse Becker, grandma. It's like a seven minute interview with her. But I asked her in the interview, I said, grandma, what do you think heaven will be like? And she paused and she said, I can't even imagine because God is just so awesome. I, so I can't imagine what it will be like. She, I love how that she was she literally, her focus wasn't the streets of gold or maybe the mansion that people may be getting, you know, cause he did say that too, that I, I go and prepare a place for you in my father's house or many mansions. You know, she didn't care about that or the crowns that people may be getting the rewards that might be uh, given by God himself to the believer. She really was focused on just God. I thought that was so beautiful and that's how it should be. Or that's, you know, when I get to heaven, uh, yeah, cool. That'll be nice if there is a mansion for me and a crown or whatever. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I'll continually cast my crown on the ground. I'll bow before him and literally cast my crown just like the elders, you know, are doing all day long. They keep casting their crowns because he's worthy and he's holy. But in the reality, all I really will want is just God himself. I'll just be like, yo, it's it's you. Like, you're, you're here. Like, I could finally see you. I could touch you. Like, the God that has rescued me from so many pits in my life, the God who has shown me his love, the God who has rescued me from uh, addiction problems, the God who re rescued and, 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 and resaved my marriage, the God who blessed me with these beautiful children and this beautiful wife, the God who has always fed me, the God who has always had a roof over my head, the God who has watched over me all the days of my life, the God who died on a cross for my sins, that freaking God, hallelujah, that God, I will be so glad to just finally be with him. And that's how I pray that all of us get to that place of, of a pure heart where we actually really truly just love and care about God. And it's not about what he can give us, what he can do for us, but we get to that place where, yo, it really is all about this God. 
you know, there's, there's, it, um, my dad had recently brought up something about, he doesn't necessarily believe in the favor of God anymore because of, you know, uh, the circumstances, uh, surrounding my grandmother and in reality, um, I just, I don't look at, uh, the favor of God as like something we should really be focused on. Like we should just be focused on God himself, um, death and disease and things of the nature is just an, a part of life. And, um, that's the thing when we, we, when we keep hear these, these prosperity gospel preachers that have twisted the gospel in the whole idea of, of life and God and man, it, it's put the focus more on us, like what God can do for us and, and, and his favor and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait a minute. It was always supposed to be about worshiping this holy, awesome God that created us and gave us life and then sacrificed himself for us. That's the gospel, truly. The gospel is the good news that God loves us and God died on the cross for us. That is the good news. The good news is that there's eternal life. The good news is that God is still with us and he hasn't forsaken us or left us. It's not about, uh, can God bless you with a car or God can bless you with a house or God can bless your finances? Yes, he can do all that stuff. But in reality, what is the main focus? The focus is God. It's supposed to be all about him. When we get to heaven, what are we going to be doing? It's not going to be about us. It's going to be about him. It's going to be about this God that shines so freaking bright that you can't even look at him without being blinded. So my prayer for whoever's listening to this, that you continually draw close to God. Let him draw near to you. Let him, let him give you revelations. Let him give you wisdom. Let him give you knowledge. Let him give you healing. Let him give you comfort. Let him give you strength. Let him give you peace. Truly. There, there's a, a verse, Isaiah 26, something where it says, um, I will keep in perfect peace. Those whose thoughts are fixed on me. Like if, if you are fixed on God, he will keep you in perfect peace. So may the Lord bless you with his peace, supernatural peace in your heart and mind. Don't absorb everything that's going on in the world. Absorb God and you will have more peace. You will have more fruit. You'll have more peace. You'll have more, more love, more joy, more self-control. All the fruits of the spirit, like I said, I know I'm a broken record with those, but they, they truly come to life inside you when you abide in him. All that John 15, abide in the Lord, watch and see the supernatural fruit that he puts in your heart and in your mind. Have a great day and be blessed. Mm -hmm.